listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast where people with all abilities and challenges can stand out from the rest, even if they've got to sit down to do it. I'm Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and it's time for this show to take flight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast that gives people with all abilities and challenges the chance to stand out from the rest, even if you had to sit down to do it. I am the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, and for our first December episode, as we focus on real-life miracles versus the traditional Hollywood Christmas miracles, I'd like to introduce our own unique guest. At the age of 15, his life unfortunately changed forever as he became paralyzed after a football accident gone wrong in high school. But instead of feeling negative and being down in the dumps, he decided to help other individuals going through similar physical issues by opening up his own medical supply store right here in our own country of Canada. Please welcome Michael Johnson. Michael, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to share stories like that. Uh, you having to have your life change at such a young age, just a teenager, and then realizing, oh, my life has changed forever. Yeah. Well, you know, um, that realization doesn't really, you know, hit you all at once. It's uh, it's a slow burn, you know, um, <clears throat> at the, you know, I was actually 16 uh, when, when I was injured. And, um, you know, when, uh, you know, when something like that happens to you at that age, it's so far removed from what you think uh, your life has in store for you that it's just not, it just doesn't register. It just doesn't make any sense. So it doesn't really settle in until, you know, months afterward that, yeah, this, you know, this is my new life. This is, it takes, yeah, it takes, uh, you know, it takes time to settle in and it, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a painful process, um, you know, and, uh, you know, one that comes with a lot of, sadness and grief and uh, you know all sorts of other uh negative feelings but you know it's all part of the process it's all part of the process and and, and how you cope with uh, with a devastating injury like a spinal cord injury absolutely because you can look at it a number of ways when you're first getting when you first got injured it's a kind of like oh no part of my life that i thought i was going to go through i can't experience anymore but now i can either be miserable about it and do nothing or i can find something that i'm passionate about that i can use and work around my unique condition now i'm sure with a spinal cord injury you required certain unique uh supplies certain tools yourself in order to function in everyday life can you talk about how medical supplies such as catheters or uh lotion for healing can you kind of explain how those types of products and the support has evolved from when you first got your spinal cord injury up to this point? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so not everyone, you know, understands that when you become paralyzed, not only are your limbs no longer, um, you know, functional, uh, also your bowel and bladder are, are uh, disrupted to a certain degree as well. So the supplies you speak of, catheters are used to drain your bladder, for example. Um, yeah, and you, if, so in 1995, um, you know, there certainly wasn't the variety of catheters that there are today. The, 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 the catheters that exist today 
uh, you know, have many more features that allow for, um, you know, easy insertion, you know, pre-lubricated, they're packaged, you know, in a much smaller uh, size so that you can travel with them very easily. A lot more, uh, a lot more variation. And frankly, you know, the, the options for, for where you can purchase these supplies has, you know, grown as well. Uh, you know, um, as a, as a young person coming out of rehab trying to search for these products and, and purchase them it, you know it was difficult you didn't have many options and the, the few options that you did have the, the the store clerks oftentimes didn't really know anything about the products whatsoever so that uh you know that that uh, you know i had experience like that which always you know it stuck with me for a long time obviously yeah that's very concerning that the people who are trying to sell you these products are trying to give you these products don't know much about it but and from one end of the spectrum unless you are paralyzed and you have to use these on a regular basis or you you don't always have to be paralyzed but unless you need to require this type of equipment every day it's kind of hard to understand exactly okay how do i use these tools you know that's an excellent point you know you can uh, go to an electronics store and you know any number of employees in that store will have watched a TV or listened to a stereo or, you know, listened to, you know, uh, used various products in that store. So it's very, you know, they, they can understand them, you know, quite easily. You're right. You know, with, with specialized products like catheters, you know, uh, unless you're using them, it's, it, it is kind of difficult to, to speak to them. Um, so, you know, I guess in all fairness, I can, I can cut uh, some of the store clerks a bit of slack there. But, um, you know, there, there should be a certain level of, of training, you know. Um, uh, so anyway, you know, when, w during that uh, time period when I was trying to get answers about, about uh, different products, um, you know, I, it, it, like I said, that, that um, you know, that experience stuck with me. And, I, you know, I was a teenager at the time. You know, it wasn't until I finished high school, you know, went on to college, then uh, did an undergrad, then did a master's in business. It wasn't until after all that school that I really, you know, did something, uh, you know, about that, um, you know, uh, that was driven by that experience from purchasing catheters many years prior. Right. So that kind of, that struggle for a lack of support and then that kind of motivation to help other people is kind of what drove you to get your degree or your master's in business. And I really love that because that's kind of how my podcast started as well from there was a lack of kind of accessible job opportunities I felt for me. So I can totally understand from here, let's change this. Let's change people's lives for the better with what we can do. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I felt like, the disability community was being severely underserved. You know, um, we are a large uh, market, you know, we, we have a lot of purchasing power and we were really, you know, being neglected. Um, you know, the, these, uh, uh, you know, these products are, are not cheap. Um, you know, they're consumable products, um, you know, so that is basically a, any marketer's dream. If you get a customer, you know, you have the ability to keep that customer for, for, you know, for, for life, if, if you treat them well, you know, so, um, so yeah, yeah, you know, I felt that the community was being underserved. And then of course, with, um, you know, uh, the rising popularity of e-commerce, 
you know, I was just kind of uh, in the right place at the right time, I suppose. I mean, there's no, it, it, uh, uh, we specialize, like our company specializes in catheters, in ostomy products, and in skin and wound products. You couldn't set a brick and mortar store up in any small town and, and expect it to survive specializing in only those products. There's just not enough people to, to support it. So the online model that was, you know, growing was a, you know, a really great uh, model for this, for this business. Right. And it's also the easiest kind of model for your types of clients to be able to use. Because if you go to a small town, odds are that there might be one or two disabled persons or one or two people that may require the equipment. So by going out and going into large cities, but using online marketing, that's a, probably a much smarter way to do business. Yeah, it it, it is. A hundred percent it is. And it's it's funny, you know, when I was first setting up the company in, uh, like I was still uh, in the MBA program in the last semester. And, uh, you know, we had a, a professor who was, you know, kind of guiding us along in the entrepreneurship stream. And so I was calling suppliers and, and trying to set up purchase relationships with them. Uh, some suppliers were very open to it, but I was I was baffled to uh, to learn that lots of you know manufacturers and suppliers were a little hesitant to to deal with an online company. You know they they have they had their uh, dealer networks in place, and they you know they were used to doing business that way with brick and mortar stores, pharmacies, you know um, uh, you know different types of big box stores like Shoppers Drug Mart, and you know so on and so forth. So the the online model was new to them, and uh, some some suppliers didn't you know really know uh, enough about it and didn't want anything to do with it really. So I that was one of the you know the bigger challenges in setting up the company was just getting getting suppliers on board. I, you know I thought that would have been been the easiest one. Um, you know the, the like you say the online model uh, is ideal for, for our customer base. You know for a couple of reasons. First. Obviously, uh, first and foremost, you know many of our customers have some sort of disability. So to to sledge out in the uh, you know in the snow or the rain to to pick up uh, you know the same old box of stuff that you buy every month is really really not necessary. And you know that kind of leads into the second uh, reason why it's so ideal is that you know typically you're buying the same exact product you know every month so there's no reason that's there's no real reason to to you know wander up and down different aisleways in a store browsing around you know exactly what you want um it, you know just click and order it um and you know a third reason I'll touch on too is sometimes you know the the the, the products are slightly embarrassing you know people don't want to really reveal too much about uh you know what uh you know, issues they may have or what products they, you know, they may buy. So this is a more discreet way, um, you know, to, to purchase these types of products. Absolutely. And speaking of discretion, because I was born with cerebral palsy. So in terms of my challenges and my condition, I don't know any different. I grew up with it. However, in your case, you became paralyzed as a teenager. So it was a major life change. Now, everyone reacts differently to these changes. However, the idea of using an ostomy bag or using catheters can be a bit embarrassing, can be a bit shameful for some individuals. How can we eliminate that stigma and that idea that, oh, this is embarrassing that I need to use this? Because, first of all, you need it. And second of all, it's really not that embarrassing if it, your circumstances require it. Yeah, you know... 
I don't, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know if I know the answer to that. You know, I, I remember, um, as a, you know, as a teenager and I was in college and I would have my supplies shipped to me, you know, as living in the dorm. And, uh, yeah, I remember being, you know, uh, a little protective of, of who saw the box. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to share, um, you know, that information, but as I've gotten older, yeah, you just tend to, I think it's just a maturity thing, you know, um, as you get older, you just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you need what you need and no sense, you know, why, why be, why feel shameful for it? You know, it's, um, you know, we're, we're all here, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, to live really. And, uh, some of us, you know, took a very different path and, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, our bodies have, uh, you know, been compromised in one way or another. And, and so that's, that's as simple as that, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of, uh, you know, technology to, you know, to help you out. It shouldn't be any more embarrassing uh, than wearing a, a pair of glasses, uh, you know, to, to see, uh, to be honest. Right. And I think that, first of all, the journey to that kind of maturity is different for everybody, but eventually maybe through some counseling, if someone needs it, then I think that they can grow and learn to live with that necessary condition. Now you talked about the different products you sell, catheters, ostomy bags, and uh, wound medicine. What would you say is the most in demand right now? Well, we, you know, so when I, when I founded the company in, in 2010, it was really focused on, you know, just providing supplies for people with spinal cord injuries like myself, because that's really all I knew at the time. And so at that point, it was really just urology products, really just catheters, drainage bags, you know, condom catheters, those sorts of things. Um, you know, after having, uh, you know, been in business for a few years, we realized that, that ostomy uh, users or ostomates, um, as they're called, uh, are really similar to, to catheter users. I mean, they're, they're products that, uh, you know, they require uh, on a daily basis if they don't have them, you know, it could be dangerous or they, they would be, you know, essentially stuck at home, you know, so it's a, it's a very essential product. And our whole motto was, you know, fast shipping, good prices, reliable, you know, delivery, things like that. So we, we really branched out to, um, you know, to Ostomy as well. But we've, we've always been first and foremost, uh, you know, a catheter company. That's, that's basically, you know, our specialty because I use catheters. I'm, I'm more from, you know, I'm intimately familiar with, with the products. And, and so when people call, uh, you know, who are new to catheters, they're really quite relieved to speak to somebody, you know, who uses them themselves. I mean, they can talk to a doctor or a nurse all day long. Um, but it's, you're not going to get that same, uh, you know, level of, of guidance, uh, that you do from someone who actually uses the product. JobQuest doesn't just help people who are facing employment barriers find a job. They help them keep a job. From basic life skills development to employment preparation, JobQuest provides coaching, on-the-job training, and follow-up support. If you or someone you know is experiencing employment barriers, including mental health challenges, an intellectual or physical disability, check out JobQuest, a division of Community Living Trent Highlands. Find out more at clth.ca today. Hey, my fellow standouts, it's the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, here to ask you a couple of questions as we've reached the halfway point in our program. Has life thrown you a curveball? Have you lived with what many people would consider unfortunate circumstances or 
unique challenges. How have you turned them around into something positive for yourself and for others? Is it your time to stand out from the rest? Well then, register as a guest at www.rollingdragonmedia.com and get ready to stand out from the rest. And now, for the rest of our story. Right. They, you won't be able to get the same level of understanding unless you talk to someone who's been through it. Now, you started the organization in about 2010. You said, I'm wondering, because it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of late nights and stress to set up an organization like that from the ground up to where it is now. But who were some of your greatest influences to starting the organization and your supporters? Um, influencers, you know what, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I, I had always been interested in, in business. Um, you know, I, I knew like soon after my injury, you know, it, it took me many years to, to kind of cope with the injury. And, and so I, I knew school was important. I knew I had to continue on in school. So I just kind of put my head down and even though I wasn't having very much fun, I was still, you know, dealing with the trauma of, of the injury. And, you know, I still put forth an effort, um, you know, in school. And, you know, I guess my biggest, one of my bigger uh, influences in life was, was my older brother, Steve, who, you know, worked really hard, um, you know, uh, always studying, you know, always focusing on school, you know, went to law school, you know, so I, I saw firsthand, you know, what it took to, you know, to get to where you want to be. So, so I always tried to, to emulate that to a certain degree. Um, biggest, yeah. And of course, you know, my family uh, and my wife uh, were big supporters uh, all the way along, you know, it, it, it started out, uh, with, with a laptop on, you know, uh, my kitchen table and, you know, every month, you know, we would, uh, you know, uh, hit a new high in sales and, you know, they were real, the, the sales were not, uh, anything really in the, the first several years, but they were growing. And so we would always celebrate and, uh, yeah, so a lot of support from my, uh, from my family. That's absolutely awesome. I love that. Now, once again, 2010, and you struggled in the beginning, as any company does with trying to get uh, attention, trying to get grow the number of customers. But I'm curious, how how did you guys handle the pandemic over the last couple of years? Because that either made a lot of people stronger or it made people realize this is what we need to work on for improvement. Good question. Yeah. You know, the pandemic uh, really came out of nowhere. Um, we were a small company at, you know, at the time. So by that time, um, we, it was only three of us. Uh, we were still using a third party logistics company to handle all of our distribution. So that's uh, you know, that's a warehouse. That's the, that's what they do. We would be one of their customers as an order came in, we would send the order off to this uh, third party logistics company and they would ship it out. We now handle all of our own distribution, but that, but during the pandemic, that's how we were structured. And, um, our sales went through the roof. Uh, you know, people were panicking March of 2020 for, for a long time was our biggest month ever. Uh, you know, probably up until a month uh, this year in 2023, it, um, people didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, you know, didn't know if they're, they'd be able to get their supplies. Um, you know, people started buying all sorts of hand sanitizer and gloves and, and, uh, you know, so, so sales went berserk really. Um, you know, so it, it, and you know, people were, were 
I guess, afraid, afraid to, to go out to a, a brick and mortar pharmacy. So a lot of business shifted from the old, uh, you know, model to the online model. With that, a lot of people, you know, launched companies during that time, you know, trying to sell PPE and, and different, uh, you know, just general medical supplies. So, you know, a lot more, a lot more customers came online uh, and a lot more uh, competitors came online as well. Yeah, no, the, the pandemic, um, you know, it, it was really bad, uh, you know, uh, for some businesses, fatal in, in a lot of cases. Uh, but for us, it, it really, um, you know, it was a source of growth. Um, just, yeah, just because of the, 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 the changing nature of uh, consumer uh, purchasing patterns. Right. And I think for anyone that did stock up with your company, regardless of whether it was your company or not, Due to the fear of the unknown with the pandemic and the virus is still evolving as we're talking. So I think it's a smart thing for regardless of what condition you have, stock up because there was a long period where it was like, okay, nobody is going anywhere. So it's a smart thing to stock up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we are still feeling the effects of the pandemic. I mean, the, the back orders were a huge issue. So, it, you know, their, their fears were valid because, there were a lot of products and still are a lot of products that, you know, we just can't get that the, the, the suppliers, you know, their supply chain is, is broken in some, in some way, you know, just the, just the way, uh, you know, products were manufactured and the way they were distributed just changed it. You know, it, uh, it, it seemed like our, our, you know, world functioned, you know, without, uh, you know, there was probably, there was uh, problems obviously, but it, it did function and, you know, things were pretty reliable, but, you know, we are still dealing with, with a lot of backorder problems. So that is frustrating for, for people when they use products and they're used to those products and, and all of a sudden they can't, uh, they can't access them anymore. So we are still trying to work through that. It's not as, you know, extensive now as, as it was the past couple of years, but it's still, it still is lingering. Right. And I think it was even lingering before the pandemic. Because for whatever reason, whether it's your catheters and your boon products, or whether it's just simple wheelchair equipment, for whatever reason, uh, essential equipment for people with disabilities or spinal cord injuries or things of that nature have always been difficult for people to get. Because I remember having to reach out to various charities just to get bathroom renovations. So why do you think that it's so hard for people to get these kinds of necessary essential products? You know, a good question. Uh, you know, the disability community is certainly, you know, it's large, but it, it's a fraction of the size of the general population. And so things aren't manufactured to the degree that they are for the general population. So, you know, to get, uh, that's, the, you know, the, the, the leading cause is the, the you know, why they, they're, they're so expensive. I mean, a wheelchair, if, if you were to take my wheelchair, it's a manual wheelchair, it's made of titanium, you know, it's a, it's a bike basically, right? I mean, you could compare this to a high-end bike. The, this wheelchair costs, you know, way, way more than that bike. And it's just because, you know, the market's not big. The, the manufacturers can't get economies of scale when they manufacture this stuff. Uh, plus two insurance companies are are involved and government agencies. So, Whenever that's a factor, you know, when insurance companies cover products or when government agencies do, there's always the opportunity for fraud. This drives up prices. Um, and, uh, you know, again, just going back to your question, the, you, you know, the, the difficulty in obtaining them, 
I think it's just a supply and demand, you know, that the market's not quite as big as a, as a general population market. And, you know, therefore the, you know, we just don't have as many, um, I guess, options. Yeah. I think it's, uh, more of a, there's more demand than there is as available supply at the moment. Right. Yeah. Because it feels like with the way technology is evolving, there is so many more chances for people with disabilities to be able to live successful lives versus, okay, we've only built this much pieces of equipment for this many people because we expect them to be able to strive versus, oh, there's so much more than we can handle. Right. No, you're right. And uh, I'll touch on um, uh, just a piece of equipment that I that I purchased a few years ago, uh, new, newer technology, new to me anyway, it's called a Batek. So it, um, it's a basically, uh, you know, it, it connects to the front of my wheelchair. It lifts the two front wheels up and it's, uh, it's, um, you know, it's like a, a, it turns it into a, like a power wheelchair almost. So there's a, like, you know, I've got handlebars on the front and a big front tire that's, that's powered by an electric battery. And it'll go, you know, 35 kilometers an hour. So it's maybe not the safest thing, but it's definitely fun. And we took a, um, uh, we took a trip down, uh, you know, to California a couple of years ago before the pandemic. And I had this and uh, my wife and I were able to see so much more of San Francisco than, than I ever would have been able to uh, without this, uh, this new technology. And, and yeah, you know, uh, I don't think uh, there's certainly, I don't think if everyone, in, you know, who needed one, wanted one, there wouldn't be enough. Um, you know, so it is, uh, it is right. Going back to your, to your uh, point that the, the, you know, that the demand does outstretch the supply. Now your company is called SCI Inc. I believe SCI Supply Inc. Now, what are you, what are your goals going forward for the organization? Well, you know, we, we've evolved, uh, quite a bit, uh, you know, it, it now, like I said earlier, we, we, um, we manage our own warehouses. We've got two warehouses that we operate one in Barrie, Ontario, and one in uh, just the North of Calgary, Alberta. Um, so, you know, I've got a great staff, you know, um, lucky, you know, to find great people to, you know, to help run the company. You know, we just want to grow. We want to we want to be able to impact as as many people's lives as possible. We want to make a positive impact on people's lives. You know, if someone finds himself in a position where they need, uh, you know, a product that we sell, it's because something negative has happened to their body. Whether it just be aging, you know, whether it be a traumatic injury or you know some sort of disease. You know, it, something happens to their body whereby they need, you know, a product to do something that they had previously done by themselves without the product. So, so they, you know, it's a, it's a difficult thing um, sometimes uh, for, for these people to, to deal with. And, you know, I, I've had so many conversations with people who, you know, who are new to, to using these types of products. And, you know, those are some of the, you know, the, the fondest uh, conversations I've had is, you know, just, you know, I get to get to coach people a little bit and, you know, reassure them, you know, uh, listen, you know, I've done it. I've been there and, you know, I can just reassure them that, yeah, it does get better. It's, it's a change in your daily pattern. I know I understand that, but you know, it, it, it will become, it will become normal at some point. Um, you know, and it's not, uh, it could be much worse. 
you know, so yeah, I, I we just want to grow and, and touch uh, and, you know, uh, hopefully serve as many, many people as possible for as long as possible. And I can definitely appreciate that as someone who has cerebral palsy and that condition doesn't go anywhere. So I can appreciate that there is an organization like yours around so that when I'm a little older, if something does happen or if my body gets worse, that there is quality, quality supplies at affordable prices that I could reach out and get. Yeah, absolutely. We will, uh, we will, we will hopefully be there if, and if you ever need something like that, or if anybody, um, uh, you know, need, needs products, we will, you know, we will hopefully still be growing. That's, that's the goal. Speaking of growth, how can our listeners reach out to you if they need these supplies or if they just want to check out anything else you're doing? Yeah, you can. Uh, website is www.sci-supply.ca. So S-C-I-S-U-P-P-L-Y.ca. We are just launching uh, our new website on Monday. Um, so there'll be a couple of short videos there just explaining the history of SCI Supply. All of our contact information is on the, uh, the webpage. And uh, we also have a Facebook page. I do not know the URL to that, but if you search SCI Supply in Facebook, we will pop up. Well, we'll have links to all of these things in our show notes below at the end of the episode. But Michael, before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts? Listen, Benin, it was uh, you know it was great to to be a part of, of this episode. I, you know, I'm uh, really you know grateful for for you having me on and, and letting me uh, you know talk about my journey and, and my company. And uh, yeah, I really just want to say thanks to you. Well, you're very welcome. And it's safe to say that this business meeting has now been adjourned. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Sit Down Standout Show. I'm the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra. And until next time, keep calm and roll on.